Good morning. It's good to be with you as we continue in our time together in Proverbs. It's good to uh, to wrap up our first week together in this new year, looking at the book of Proverbs. Uh, what we're going to do, I mentioned this to you before, I want to do a chapter of Proverbs a day, which is great, except for the weekends, uh, because we don't do our Daily Rooted on the weekends. So what I'm going to do every Friday is I'm going to look at three chapters, real big picture. Um, and we'll talk about those. So today we're going to look at chapters five, six, and seven. So I, I felt like that way we'll just um kind of kind of compact com, put them together. I, I'll send you in in the rooted email text we send out every morning as well as the 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 links and the emails, the descriptions on YouTube and Facebook. I'll include a link there uh, to our Bible reading that'll have chapters five, six, and seven. Um, so that's what you you can take your time over this weekend and read. Those three chapters, I would encourage you to read them. But what I want to do is I just want to kind of look real quick at uh, a section from five, from six, and from seven. Like I said, not studying the entire books, but just looking at different sections within them to kind of give you a broader sweep. And actually, five and seven are very similar. Uh, five and seven have, um, my, you know, my Bible that I read from has uh, every cha every chapter, every section has a description. Chapter five's description is entitled Warning Against Impurity and Infidelity. And the chapter seven is The False Attractions of Adultery. So let me read to you um, verses um, seven through 14 of chapter five. And then I'm actually going to go ahead and skip to chapter seven as well. So we'll kind of combine those two because they're in a very similar theme. Chapter five. Um, says this. I'm sorry, chapter 5, 7 through 14 says this. And now my child, listen to me. Do not do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her and do not go near to the doors of her, door of her house. Or she will give you the give your honor to others and your years to the merciless. Strangers will take their fill of your wealth and your labors will go down to the house of an alien. In the end of your life, you will groan. Your flesh and body are consumed. You will say, oh, how I hated discipline, how I despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. Now I am the point of utter ruin in the public, utter ruin in the public assembly. And then into chapter 7. Um and this is chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. And now, my children, listen to me. Be attentive to the words of my mouth. Do not let your hearts turn aside from her ways, and do not stray into her paths. For many are those she has laid low, and numerous are her victims. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. So we see this notion here in chapter 5 and chapter 7 about adultery, sexual morality, fornication, these type of things. And I think it's interesting when you look at both of these to understand that I think this stems from two things. One is we see um, verse um, 12 of chapter 5, which says, you say, and you say, oh, how I hated discipline, and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. And then verse 7, um, chapter 7, speaks of do not be attentive to the words. Uh, uh, do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not straight to her paths. For many of those that she has laid low. So you see, you see in these two sections here um, a safeguard, if you will, or a warning about adultery, about immorality, and that temptation simply is that it looks tempting. Chapter all of chapter seven paints this picture of temptation. And of allure, of of, allure, uh, of something alluring, like you see that laid out well in chapter seven. 
Chapter five is very similar, but a little bit more of the other thing that's important is the correction of the teacher. So we see in chapter seven, the dangers of the temptation. And I think it's important for us to remember this key concept when it comes to temptation. That's temptation's a lie. The Bible says that the devil's the father of all lies. And when the devil's tempting you, he's lying to you. Every temptation looks appealing. It looks inviting. It looks good. But temptation is always a lie. Just remember that. That'll help us in our battles against temptation. If we can remember that temptation is always a lie. So uh, chapter seven paints that picture of what temptation looks appealing, looks like it's great, but it is destructive and it will destroy us. But chapter five speaks to us to the to the point of having correction. And, and I think that's important for us. So I think there's two great ways we can defeat temptation. One is to understand that temptation is a lie. Chapter seven. Chapter five speaks to us of the notion of we need to have somebody who we trust. Somebody wise, somebody who uh, is a mentor, who can speak truth into our lives, who can speak to us and say, I don't know about that. Are you sure that's a good idea? I did not listen to the voice of my teacher. Oh, how I hated discipline. Discipline is never fun when it comes. Um, discipline's painful. None of us like, I don't like to be corrected. I'm assuming you don't like to be corrected. None of us like to be corrected. But correction is often life-saving. So I think five and seven give us two key points from Proverbs about how to defeat temptation. Chapter seven tells us it's a lie. It looks great, but it's destructive and will destroy you. Chapter five tells us surround yourself with people who are going to speak truth to you. People who are going to point to you when you go when you're walking the temptation and say, I don't know about that. And that that might not be a good idea. You might want to stay away from that. So I, I think five and seven together paint a real good picture for how we as Christians can fight back against temptation. And then I want to read to you from chapter six. Um, I'm going to read verses six through um uh eleven. Go to the ant, you lazy bones. Consider its ways and be wise. Without having any chief or officer or ruler, it prepares its food in summer and gathers its sustenance in harvest. How long do you lie there, O lazy bones? When do you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and won't like an armed warrior. <laughs> I do love Proverbs. I mean, I've shared with you before, Proverbs and Job should be read in tandem because Proverbs says, work hard and it'll all be okay. And Job says, not so much. But uh, y'all, <laughs> chapter, chapter 6, 6 through 11, my daddy used to always say, hard work covers a multitude of sins. I mean, you can't put a price and a value on hard work. And I think that's important in our daily labors in work. By the way, let's be clear. When you read the Bible, Genesis 1 and 2, it tells us that... Um, it tells us that work was not a consequence of the fall. God put Adam and Eve to work in the garden before the fall. The fall made it harder, but God gives us work to do. Work is good. Work is good for our soul. It's good for us to work. That's an important thing. So, so work is good. So it's good in our practical daily life. Work hard at what you do, y'all. Like, 
I love Colossians one, uh, Colossians three seventeen, where it says, um, "And all that, you, and all that you do in word or deed, do it to the glory of God the Father, to Jesus Christ the Son." So, in all that we do, in our work, in our hobbies, in our play, in all that we do, um, it's done for God's glory. Our work is an act of worship. So, work hard in your life. Work in your jobs. Work in your family. Work. Work is good for us. Work's good for the soul, y'all. Work is good for the soul. And it's also important in our spiritual life. Paul says in Philippians 2 to work out your salvation with much fear and trembling. We have a responsibility and a role to play in our salvation. We have a, we have we we work with God. God is the author and the beginner of our salvation, but we have responsibilities. We need to be faithful. So even our faith, even our salvation, we have a we have effort in that. He says in Philippians, work out your salvation with much fear and trembling. But know that God is at work within you. God's the one doing it. Like, let's not pretend like we save ourselves or that we're the one doing it. But we've got to cooperate. We've got to respond. We've got to be faithful. Work's good, y'all. Like, like it is. Work is good. It's good for us to have purpose. It's good for us to have something to do. We weren't designed to do nothing. We were designed to accomplish tasks and do things for God and for the kingdom in our daily lives. So it's a very practical word in chapter six. Work is good. We need to work. So I think we see with these big pictures between five, six, and seven, five and seven do a great job of giving us some advice on how to handle temptation, knowing that it's a lie, and hearing the word of those who speak into our lives. In chapter six, it's a good word for us to work faithfully at what we have to do. So I hope you're enjoying our time in Proverbs. I hope these are, are good uh, experiences for you. I do enjoy Proverbs. It's a fun uh, book, good practical advice and wisdom for us to live. So I hope you enjoy uh, this, this week's readings. And Monday, we'll pick up with uh, chapter eight. So I uh, hope you enjoy reading five, six, and seven. And we'll pick up with eight Monday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you then. 